Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. For today's message, and it's, it's called this, it's the real reason we fight. The real reason we fight. Uh, I, I don't, I, 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 I'm going to hope that you guys are honest. Have, are you guys like me? Have you, have you ever been in a fight or an, an argument and like it's been an hour and you completely forgot why you were even fighting in the first place? But you keep fighting because I'm not going to back down if they don't back down. Are you guys like me? You guys been there? Have you ever been fighting like, yo, why are we even fighting in the first place? Like, how, how, how do we, I, I got into a fight with an Uber driver, guys. This is my second story about, you with me? You with me? This is my, this is my second story about an Uber driver. I think I'm going to start switching to Lyft. Um, I got into a fight with an Uber driver. Homeboy, uh, I do Uber pool because I don't got Uber X money, right? And I, I do with the walk. So I'm, I'm on my way to my, where, I have to, where he's picking me up from, and this guy texts me, hey, I'm, I'm here. And I, I say, okay, I'm, I'm literally, like, I'm about to be at the spot. And as soon as I send that text, he responds, your time is up, bye. And then I see him pull the U-turn to leave, and then I get in front of the car. I'm like, hey, you said my time is up, but I've been here. And as soon as I get in the car, I, can you believe Ruben, about to be ordained as a pastor, Ruben Remedios, I started the fight. Say, so, hey, so I have, a, I have a question here. Just have a question. Just want to see if you could clarify for me. You, the time you're supposed to wait is two minutes. How is it that my time was up within 30 seconds of your text? And I could, like, see you as I was walking to the car, pull your whole, you, how does that work? Uh, and we got into a little bit of a back and forth. And then he said, and it, it angered me because it was so good, too. Like, he had the best comeback. He says, sir, I'm here to take you home, not fight with you. I was like, you, ooh. I just, I couldn't come up with a comeback. I've been thinking of a comeback still to this day. I'm just like, I couldn't. So just take me home. Take me home then. Take me. I couldn't. It's just like, I fought with an Uber driver. I'm just in the car on my way home, and I'm just like, like, Rue, like, how is it that you let this guy, because I was livid. I was, I was just like, I was like, how is it that you can allow someone to, to get that out of you? How could, how, why, why am I fighting an Uber driver? Why am I, why fighting? You know, you know who I used to fight a lot? My brother Rodolfo. I grew up in a house that fights. My mom has the walls painted a certain way so that they're spiky, so that when we would throw each other into them, we would learn our lessons. It, it never worked though. But we, I grew up fighting my brother Rodolfo and it would get physical. Um, we would fight back and forth. I'll tell you this though, the last time we fought, last time we fought, he realized I'm, I'm, I'm a man, you know. Uh, what had happened was is um, my brother actually moved out very early. So for a long time, I was, I was chilling. I was by myself. I was, a, I was like a halfway only child, right? And then he came back. He moved in with us. 
and uh, he, he, I, was, I was older at the time. I think I was like 19, 20. This was five years ago, 25 now. Just to give you some perspective as to where I'm at, just five years ago, I got into a big fight with my older brother, Rodolfo. Um, I don't even know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know how we got into this fight. What I do know is I won um, as much as you could win. So what happened was is he came charging at me because he wanted me to leave. And he was, you know, this is, if for those of you guys know, this is six foot four, 300 pound, Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt, Rodolfo. Why are you fighting him, Ruben? I don't know. I don't know. And he's charging at me. He's like, leave, I have to go. And he goes to push me. And the thing about foe is he's big, but I'm longer. And so my, my reach is much longer than his. And so, so in just like a spurt of self-defense, something that never happened in the history of me being his little brother or any of my brother's little brothers, I stuck my arm out. And I caught his neck, and because I'm longer than him, he couldn't do anything. And he stepped back, and he stepped forward, and I said, oh, wait, this isn't supposed to happen. I'm the little brother. I backed off. And then he was like, oh, I got to use my grown man strength on him now. And he pushed me as hard as he could. And after that, we ended up respecting, well, he ended up respecting me. He was like, Ruben's a man now. So my, 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 my moral to the story, guys, is just beat people up and they'll respect, no, 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 that's not, this is the moral at all. The reason why I share that story is actually because I grew up fighting. I, I remember just, just fighting just to have my voice be heard. I just, I love James because I don't know if you're like me, but I've asked myself so many times, why, why do we fight? Why are we here? How did we, how did we get here? We were having a nice time. And now here's a person I care about, and we're fighting. And there's something about fighting that brings the parts of you that you thought you were done with and Jesus healed you from back out, and you're like, oh, no, I still got that to take care of. Okay. And I like James because James is blunt. James is to the point. He opens up chapter 4 asking, where do these fights come from? And so James is right to the point, so I'm going to get right to the point. Let's open up our Bibles to James chapter 4, verse 1. He says, and again, I, I want to remind you guys, uh, as we've been in this series, James is writing a letter to, to, he says, to the scattered tribes of Israel. He's writing to a letter to a community. And again, whenever we're reading a letter, we can assume that if they're, they're talking about an issue, it's because... It was happening within the community. So this was happening to, to this community. They were fighting. And so he says, where do all the fights and quarrels among you come from? They come from your desires for pleasure, which are constantly fighting within you. They come from, I'm going to read that again. They come from your desires for pleasure which are constantly fighting within you. You want things, but you cannot have them, so you are ready to kill. You strongly desire things, but you cannot get them, so you quarrel and fight. 
You do not have what you want because you do not ask God for it. And when you ask, you do not receive it <coughs> because your motives are bad. You ask for things to use for your own pleasure. Unfaithful people, don't you know that to be the world's friend means to be God's enemy? If you want to be the world's friend, you make yourself God's enemy. Don't think that there is no truth in the scripture that says the spirit that God placed in us is filled with fierce desires. But the grace that God gives is even stronger. The grace that God gives is even stronger. Can you guys bow your heads, close your eyes with me if I was, as I pray for the rest of this message? Lord, I, I thank you that your, your, your word speaks to so many layers of our lives and what we go through. And I just ask today that you will, you will speak to this, what I think is an issue within humanity on, on why we fight. And ultimately, Lord, that within revealing the answer that you will enable us to be doers of your word and transform us from the inside out. In your precious name we say, amen and amen. So James, he's, he's continuing in this letter, chapter 4. He, he's addressing these civil issues that have surfaced in the community. They've been, they've been fighting. And, and it's actually to an extreme point, and we'll see how far it goes. But the reason we fight, it's crazy because when, he, when he's addressing this, he says, where do these fights come from? I'm expecting James to give like a three-point strategy on how to properly fight with people. Like, like, like some tools, like how to communicate, how to deflect if someone's offending you, how to... And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to address the very foundation of what's causing these fights because I think James would agree there's a difference between fighting and, and conflict resolution. With conflict resolution, you can address an issue, you can address a problem, but both parties are healthy and the conversation stays healthy. But fighting, fighting is a whole diff different beast. There's no rules to fighting. Like the UFC tries to put rules, but, but you, you, like, like arguing and fighting with people, like you, the, the rule is win. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. And James says, you know why you guys have been fighting and not resolving conflict? It's because of these desires. Because of your own personal desires. We want, and I can't help but to relate to this, we want what we can't have. That's what he says. He goes, you guys want what you can't have, so you quarrel and fight. I think so much of our fighting is tied to a desire within ourselves. And what's crazy is how subconsciously this all occurs, how deep in our subconscious this actually does occur. So many times we think we're fighting over dishes, like just do the dishes, just, just do what I say or you can't talk to me like that, but in reality, there's a subconscious desire, and that's why I'm so thankful for counseling, because I've, I've, I've been able to understand this 
through counseling and, and firsthand. This is what I've learned in counseling. So many times, we are fighting with someone in the present to undo something that someone else did to us in the past. So often, so often we're fighting a fight because you can't talk to me that way. Because I promised myself when I saw this guy talk to my mother that way that no one's ever going to talk to me that way. So many times we're saying you need to do what I say because I grew up living a life where no one listened to me. We have these desires that burn within us. And really, I also hate counseling because I would go to him to vent, right? And, and there's this other thing with our desires that he would always point out. I'd say, well, so-and-so did this, and can you believe that their response was this? And all I asked for was, was this little thing, and his response was, so are you saying you, you had an expectation of them? I'm like, yeah. I, I guess I, I expected that from them. Have you ever communicated that expectation? I, I didn't know I had to communicate that expect. I just thought it was common sense. <laughs> and then he follow up. You've, you've told me, you know, like, do you think that person is capable where they are in life? You're in counseling. Are they in counseling? No, but they're Christian. <laughs> and we have unmet expectations on people not understanding that that people are other people are on a journey too like when I'm rude and disrespectful and I interrupt someone there's a reason like when I'm online and I can't figure out what I want like it, it, there's a reason because you know it's a new menu I'm just a little a little overwhelmed but when I'm behind the person that's taking forever, he's, he's just like, yo, what's your problem, bro? It's not that difficult. We extend ourselves a courtesy that we don't extend others. So we live a life with these unmet expectations because we have so much desire and expectations. But James says you want things that you don't, you cannot have. You are placing expectations that, that for some people... It just may not be reasonable. And, and there's so many ways in unmet expectations and, and unfulfilled desire manifest. There's this thing called transference. Uh, and, and a popular example of transference is this. Uh, you're at work. Your boss puts a screaming on you. And there's an expectation for your boss to treat you fairly. And in no world is it okay for, for that to happen, right? They curse you out. They scream at you. They don't know you're a child of God. <laughs> then you go home and you, all of a sudden, every little thing that your spouse does, just you can't stand. Or whoever is closest to you just gets it. And you, and I know because I've been there on the surface, it, it really seems like it's them, but it really does take some deep diving to realize what we've actually done is we've transferred because we can't yell at our boss if they control our job. And so we've transferred that. And now we're fighting because we've had this unmet 
expectation, this desire. We want this thing that we can't have, and so we're fighting. And if I can be honest, fighting feels good. Am I alone? Am I, am I the only honest person here? Like fighting, like it feels good to like just talk like you freak. You think you can talk to me that way? How, what son, do you know who I am? My brothers will beat you up. And Frank too. He's my brother. I actually just, I photoshopped foe in for Frank because Frank looks more tough. It's actually just all three pictures of Frank, and then I just... Mm-hmm. So James is saying that this community, like I think us, because it is a human issue, has all these unfulfilled desires, and that's why all this fighting has been occurring. But then he says something. He says, you want what you cannot have, And then he says, first of all, you haven't even asked God for what you want. He goes, and and the times that you have asked God, the reason you're not receiving is because your motives are off. What I think is important to highlight is that James doesn't necessarily say that what they're asking for is wrong. He says the motive behind what they're asking for is. It's not really wrong to want your boss to respect you. It's not really wrong to want things or desire things, but sometimes our motives are off. Can I tell you something that I want that I don't have? I want a car. Some of you, I want, I want, I just, I just want a car. Fran wants a car that works. Here's, here's the thing. I want a Tesla. And when I pray, I say, God, give me a Tesla. You know why? You know what my prayer is? Because how cool will it be for me to show up after graduating college, like student loans? I got a Tesla. There's not, but in reality, there's not an ounce of kingdom. There's not an ounce of what I could do with the car. There's not, no, I want, and I would not be satisfied with a hoopty. Like, I thought about getting a hoopty, and I'm like, I'd rather take the bus. Because I want, there's something in me, if I could be honest, that wants that specific thing. And so I want, but when I ask, even my motive for owning a Tesla, it's not even like, Lord, because I want to save your earth with an electric car. It's like, no, because I want people to be like, dang, Ruben, you styling. Like, yup. Yup. <laughs> he says, you do not have what you want because you do not ask God for it. And when you ask, you don't receive because your motives are bad. And you ask for things for your own pleasure. And then he says that, don't you know to be friends with the world is to be enemies with God. And I do want to be clear here that there is a, di- like he's not saying don't be friends with people who are non-believers. It's not a people thing. This is a mindset thing. I believe James was like the first psychologist. I really do. Maybe I'm biased, but this is a a mindset thing. A worldly mindset will always put you in opposition with God. Because 
and we, we outlined it a little bit earlier, there's this battle within us of the flesh and of the spirit. And the, what the flesh wants is indirect opposition to the law, is direct opposition to what pleases God. We see that from the dawn of time with Adam and Eve. And it will always put us in opposition with God because this is what a, a worldly mindset will do. It will cause us to adopt a me-first mentality. And in a me-first society, if, if we all live in a me-first world, we're always fighting. You have to fight. Because the only way to get what you want in life without fighting is for others to see that you want it and put you first. And if we're all out for ourselves, why would I ever put myself after you? Why would I ever put you before me? So what do we have to do? Well, we got to fight for it. You want this water? Come take it. You thirsty? Oh, well, so am I. Frank, don't actually take it. You'll win. A me-first society causes us to fight. And that's what, what James is saying. You've been putting your desires. Your desires have caused you to put your self first. But what you need to be doing is putting God first. He says, you haven't even been asking God. Have you been involving God to the, in the process? You know what the answer to quarreling is? What, you know what the real reason we fight is? The real reason we fight is because of our desires. He says, you want the key to being fulfilled, though? You want to stop fighting? Desire all that God has for you. He, he said, the grace that God, for the first time, he talks about giving. He says, you want, you want, you want, you're not getting. But the grace that God gives is stronger than your desires. For the first time, he says, you know what you need to receive? You know what you need to want? Some more of God's grace in your life. Start desiring the grace of God over your life. And then he says, this is how, he continues, this is how to obtain that grace. He says, as the scriptures say, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So then, you guys want grace? I want more grace. Submit yourselves to God. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So then, submit yourselves to God to God. My alternate title to this message was going to be, Submit Yourself to God, Be Humble. Submit Yourself to God, Be Humble. Hold up, James. Hold up. Anyway. Uh, it's a Kendrick Lamar. Anyway. And then he says, resist the devil and he will run away from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And it's crazy because the devil pops up. And it's cool. I like what James does here. He has this opposites kind of thing, right? Like res God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And then he tells us, resist who? 
and he'll run away. Does it say he'll fight more? Does it say stay up all night praying? Does it say start a vigilia? No, it says just resist him. Just say no. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Could it be that when we're not resisting our pride and we're, we're living with a world of our desires and allowing pride to fulfill us that we are most vulnerable to the attacks of the devil? Because fighting feels good. And when you're puffed up and you're like, ooh, yeah. You ever, you ever catch somebody in a fight and they, they slip like, they're like, you ever, speaking of UFC, you see when people are fighting and they do the, you ever have someone do that in a verbal argument? They're like, yeah, but, and you see them do the old face, the, oh, it's like, ooh, yeah. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 but, 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 but. and then they start stumbling and stuttering. It feels your pride swells up, and it's at that very moment that we are most vulnerable to the devil, and we've completely given in. And we say, the enemy's at me. The enemy is getting me. Could it be that we've been getting? Because we haven't been resisting. We haven't said, ooh, yeah, there. But you know what? It's fine. Like, I'm, clearly there was a misunderstanding. Who's been the first person to see that someone slipped up and disengage and, like, try to make it okay to be wrong? Like, not, hey, don't worry about it. I see that you're seeing that. Not, not me. Rarely me. I'll be honest. Just that one time where I was like, ooh, this isn't supposed to happen. Had I had enough time, I would've been like, ah! Just, this is for every, every big brother beating you've given me. He says, resist the devil and he will run away from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. And this is at this moment that we see how far these, this community has gone. Purify your hearts, you hypocrites. Be sorrowful, cry, weep. Change your laughter into crying and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Do not criticize one another, my friends. If you criticize or judge another Christian, you criticize and judge the law. If you judge the law, then you are no longer one who obeys the law, but one who judges it. God is the only lawgiver and judge. He alone can save and destroy. Who do you think you are to judge someone else? And so now we see that, that this desire stuff, this me first stuff, is actually, it has a name, it's, it's pride. That's what pride is. He just defined pride. He says you're selfish, you have all these desires, God resists the proud. Pride causes us to desire selfishly and put ourselves before others. Pride has caused this community to be at odds with God and draw further from him. Right? We resist the prop. If I could quote NF. Sorry for the rappers in the room, like, why aren't you quoting me? Uh, he has this lyric, and I think it's so deep. He says, me and pride... We made a pact that we don't need no help. Which makes me feel like I'm at war with myself 
but I forgot the shouts. Because pride will cause you to push people away, and people are who you need the most in your life. This is supposed to be a community under persecution, and now there has been a division. They have been fighting when they should be united together. And pride will cause you to isolate yourself. And pride has been at work in this community. It's convinced themselves to place, place each other first. And in doing so, they're trapped in this cycle of wanting and not getting and fighting and maybe feeling good for a moment, but still feeling unfulfilled and wanting and not getting and then fighting for a little bit and then feeling fulfilled for a little bit. And his issue is, his, his response to this issue, the solution to pride is for them to humble themselves. He says, humble yourselves and submit to God. So, so what's the answer to fighting, guys? Submit to God. You want to stop fighting? Submit to God. Reuben, Ru, Ru, what, what, what's the answer to my relationship issues? Submit to God. What, what, what about my coworkers? Ooh, let me tell you about my coworker. Submit to God. What about my Uber driver? Submit to God. Submit to God. And I, I know it seems odd. But remember that at the heart of all human struggle is human desire. Like we want to be validated. I want to be appreciated. I want to do something for someone and get a thank you. I want to be respected. I don't want people to, to cut me off. I want to be happy. I want the school to install air conditioning. So I don't, I don't immediately see how submitting to God is the answer to my problems. I understand James is saying that that is the answer, but... And then Matthew chapter 5, these are all Jesus' words, comes into play here. It's, it's, it's where I go. On other translations, I'll say it just because it'll sound familiar, we'll translate that word happy as blessed. So blessed or happy. You guys want to be happy? You guys want to be blessed? This, this is Jesus' recipe for being happy. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Okay? The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn. Jesus, hold on. Mourning is actually, isn't that the opposite of happiness? Like if you mourn, that means you're sad. No, Jesus says happy are those who mourn because God will comfort them. Okay, I kind of I see where you're going, Jesus. Then he says, happy are those who are, who are what? Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. James, you want and you want and you want. We want, we have so much unfulfilled desires. And then Jesus, Jesus is, we have Jesus here saying, if we're humble, we will receive what God has promised. 
Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. I'm tired of living an unfulfilled life and fighting for what I want and what I need to get. You need to respect. No, 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 you don't need to respect me. I just need to do what God requires of me. And if I do what God, this is great. Like James is saying, you're wanting all these worldly things, but God is promising you the kingdom. Because persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who are merciful to, to others. God will be mercy for, merciful to them. Happy are those who are pure in heart. They will see God. Happy are those who work for peace. God will call them his children. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And it continues. Happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you're my followers. Be happy and glad for a great reward is kept for you in heaven. I thought heaven was the reward, Jesus. I, I would have been good with just... Heaven is your reward. You live forever. You hang out with God all the time. It's 24-7 Jesus. You know, he says there's a reward. On top of heaven, there's a reward in heaven. It, it really puts submitting to God into perspective. James is saying submit to God because it's for your own good. Because in submitting to God, you'll find the fulfillment that you're craving. You want what you can't have. We have all these unmet expectations that we're craving for people to fulfill. But people can't fulfill us. Only God can and will fulfill us. And so he, he started... I feel bamboozled by James because he started by addressing this issue to fighting and, and, and then he's like, really, he's addressing their lack of fulfillment. He says, we fight because we want so much and we cannot have. He said, but some of us aren't even asking God for it. And when we do, our motives are all wrong. But a fulfilled life, a fulfilled life is outlined right here in what Jesus says. Jesus says, you want to be blessed? You want happiness, submit to God and he will satisfy you fully. I want to be the person. My, my, this, this message convicts me as I'm up here. Because I want to be the person that is so fully founded on everything that God has for me. On everything that God has said about me. That I can walk through people's insults. I can walk through mistreatment. I can walk through, through, through people not doing what I ask of them. I, is it wrong? Yes, but I can walk through it unscathed. I can walk through my own doubts and insecurities because I'm not rested on me. I'm not fighting for me. Jesus is fighting for me and I've let him fight my battles. I'm fully rested in God and allowing him to fulfill me. I'm not caught up in wanting a Tesla. Just, I just want that grace that God gives. Because nothing feels better than this moment right here 
when we're just, were you guys here for worship today? Were you guys here for that moment where, where you just felt the presence of God throughout the entire room? I could live there for the, my entire life and not own a single thing. People could say whatever they want about me. They could talk about me. My Uber driver could cancel a hundred times. I don't care. Who cares if the dishes aren't done if, you're, if God is here? And then James addresses this, this obstacle in calling us to be humble. There's these two great obstacles called denial and criticism. Like he, he calls them hypocrites. He says, you guys are laughing when you should be crying. That's, that's denial. And then he goes on to say, he says, who do you think you are to judge someone? That's criticism. And how many times have we looked at another person and saying, well, I don't got their marriage issues. Have you heard about this? Yo, they, they crazy. And gossip feels good too. Gossip feels like, yo, can you hear about this person who doesn't have their life together? Because it makes me feel like I got my life together. I'm going to tell you guys a true, a, a true confession. Whenever I feel fat, I try to find ways of asking people how much they weigh. Because the little part of me that's like, John ruined everything because he, John lost weight, caught up to me, and then kept going down. And John officially weighs less than me. Which when you know someone when they weigh more than you, and you don't just weigh more than them because they lost weight, you, you weigh because they gained weight, because you gained weight, this doesn't feel good. So now I gossip about John, about, now I'm joking. But, but gossip feels good because we can hide behind our insecurities behind others' insecurities. Don't look at my flaws, look at theirs. Or we could just straight up deny it and be laughing when we ought to be crying. We can, we can try to act like, you ever met and I'm finer? You know those people that they could go through whatever? And say, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, I lost, yes, I lost my house, but this is great because I've been wanting to travel more. Let's not be those people because they're direct opposition to humility. And it brings this false humility. And with criticism, I do want to take time to clarify because there is a difference between good and bad criticism. The word criticism is a, itself has a, has a connotation. So I'll just call it criticism and correction. Correction is valuable. It's what James is doing. He's correcting this community. Uh, and I think that's important because a lot of times we uh, will cling to a verse like only God is the judge and we'll turn into Rick, Ro Ro uh, Rick Ross. Only God could judge me. <laughs> and there's value in correction that's done in love and in kindness. And, and the Bible even says that the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy because a real friend will tell you things that you don't, you don't want to hear. So there's value and correction. And James even says later on that whoever turns a sinner from their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And at the end of the day, if there was no difference between correction and criticism and it was all criticism, James's letter wouldn't exist. And none of the letters in the Bible would exist because they were all correcting some kind of issue that was happening in the community. And so there is value. I just want to take that time to, distinct, to dis differentiate between the two. And so James says we need to humble ourselves. 
And we have to stop hiding our, hiding our true selves behind laughter and other people's imperfections and accept our own shortcomings. Because being a Christian, really, guys, means trying to be like Jesus every single day. And when you do that, what you realize every single day is that you're further than you thought. And, and we only get better at this journey if we're our true selves before him. If we're, we're in front of God and we go, yeah, I know I'm a mess, God. Yeah, I know I judge that person, God. Yeah, I know I haven't been, I know that. He wants the real us. And I think this community has gone so far that James is saying you've, you've been living in denial when, when really if you just allow yourself to mourn, if you allow yourself to cry, God will lift you up. God will lift you up if you're your true self before the Lord. And you just humble yourself before him. He will lift you up and take you to places that you, you, you didn't think you could even get to. That you on your own, you wouldn't have even been able to fight to getting to. We got to be real. We got to be real. And like, can I just, like, it's okay. That's all I kept hearing when I read that part. Like, it's okay to not measure up to whatever you think the standard is supposed to be. It's okay. Because in being your real and authentic self, God will come in and give you the grace that you need to lift you up. True humil humility is really just being able to recognize our deep need for God. And as we come to the end of chapter 4, James continues whittling away at this pride issue in the center of this group of believers. And chapter 4 ends with this selection of verses. He says, now listen to me. Today you say, today, you say today or tomorrow we will travel to a certain city where we will stay a year and go into business and make a lot of money. You don't even know what your life tomorrow will be. You are like a puff of smoke, which appears for a moment and then disappears. What you should say is this, if the Lord is willing, what you should say is this, if the Lord is willing, we will live and do this or that. But now you are proud and you boast. All such boasting is wrong. So then, if we do not do the good we know we should do, we are guilty of sin. As really quickly, James, James does not have anything against calendars. So anybody who plans, don't feel convicted. What he's saying here is, you've stopped involving God. He, he started saying, you're, you're not even asking God when you pray for things. And could it be, this is a scattered tribe of Israel. Could it be that before all this fighting, they'd, they'd forgotten God? Like they'd been including him and they'd been praying everything. And at, at this point that they've, they've stopped building their life on Jesus. And I think what James is getting at is, is the very reason that they're in this predicament 
is because they start, he doesn't say there's anything wrong with the desire. He doesn't say, how dare you say we're going to go to a city and make money. He said, you did not say if the Lord wills it. You did not submit your plans to God. And I think it's important that he says you guys are like a puff of smoke because that's, I think, a direct callback to Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes, the writer equates life without God to a puff of smoke. He says it's all vanity. It's all chasing after the wind. You can build an empire and it will be destroyed. Someone can come in and run it to the ground. What's the point? If we're doing this without God, what's the point? And James is saying you, you haven't even involved God in the process. And, and in light of, of all that we've talked about, it really makes me think that. What would it look like to have this God-conscious mentality? Like in the little things, like God, as I do these dishes, just be with me. Because I've been praying all week, coming up, getting ready for this message, but I don't pray before I go into work. Like it takes conscious effort for me to pray before I go to work, because work is work. But what would it look like if in every aspect of our lives, we were aware that God was with us? Because I have this hunch that your, your plans will reveal your desires. Like we plan for our desires. And if we're involving God in our plans, he'll reveal to us our, our desires. And he'll shift that. Like if, let, me, let me tell Ro, hey man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go to a club and just get totally wasted. That's my plan for tomorrow. I feel... As my spiritual father, as my mentor, he'll say, Rue, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Even, even if it was something like not as extreme, right? But there was just some selfish. I remember I asked him, it was a long time ago, I said, hey, can the church fund my LASIK? <laughs> There's a desire there. Could it be that if we involve God in our plans, he will reveal to us our desires and really what he desires? Because the reason we have problems with people is because we have unmet expectations. And James doesn't offer this three-step plan on how to resolve conflict. He doesn't teach us how to fight fair. He says the most important thing to put an end to all your unnecessary fighting, all your issues, all the problems you've been having with people, is to be content with God. Be content with God and involve him in every step of your life. Just continue talking to God. Lord, what do you think about, I remember there's this amazing story about Joyce Meyer simply asking God what she should wear. And there's such a powerful testimony that came out of that. I want to give you guys the only point for today's message, it's this. And I think in James what we've learned is that the source of all human fighting comes from unfulfillment. But if God is first in our lives, we will live fulfilled lives. There is such a thing as conflict resolution. 
There, there's ways that you can communicate. There's nonverbal language that you can do. There's so many strategies. But what James is saying is the foundation to all of this, it's all for naught. If where our motives for, for what we want in life are, have gone off the rails, if our motive is not centered on being fulfilled with God and all that God has for us, that is where we need to start. Leading a life content with what God has done. Can we stand on our feet? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.